0: Today, on Bread for the Broken, with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the, broken. the Lord does
1: something miraculous within your life. The smartest move you can make is a beeline directly back to Jesus. But what about my family? No, no, your family will be grateful and will be beneficial by your spending time with Jesus. Okay? Go to Him first. Visit him first. This guy goes back shouting. He's shouting out the praises to, to Jesus. He says, praise God. And he fell to the ground. That's that, that's that word for, um, for worship. He fell
0: to the ground. Jesus asks us to have faith in him. But what does that look like in reality? For the lepers you'll meet in today's message, it meant trusting that Jesus was going to heal them. They'll be given specific instructions to follow, but they won't have the end result when beginning the first step Pastor James will be asking you today if you would have enough faith to take the first steps, even if you don't know the result. This kind of faith is necessary, though. And when Jesus comes through, he gets all of the glory. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Luke, chapter 17. As he continues his message, Be Thankful.
1: Do you trust me? Go show yourselves to the priest. But we're still lepers. Yeah. The cleansing will come probably once the first step is taken. The cleansing happens on the journey to the priest. It says, as they went, this is a beautiful thing. As they went, I put that in bold and I underlined it. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They were not cleansed of their leprosy, just standing there. Jesus says, go, go, go show yourself to the priest. And they're like, why would we do that? That's a waste of our time. We're still lepers when we get there. He's going to say, obviously, what are you doing here? You can't be here. You're still lepers, unless they trusted in Jesus. And all 10 of these guys, credit to them, said, okay. And so they start heading towards the priest. Because he technically was the guy who was going to be able to, like, okay them. You know, he had to inspect them and all that good stuff. So as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. We don't know anything about these guys. We know nothing about them. We know nothing about their stories. We don't know how long they've had leprosy. Some of them could have had it for years. Some of them could have had it for months. We know nothing about it. But I do know this. They experienced the coolest thing on their way to go see the priest. Because as they're walking... What's that? What's that feeling again? Like, you, got, you guys feel that tingling in your hands? Like, it, it's like feelings coming back. I, I can feel what the temperature is now because I, I've never been able to do that. I can actually smell. We don't know what condition their bodies were in. There could have been, could have been, some of these guys that were on death's door. What if one of these guys had lost his nose? What if some of these guys had lost an eye? because that's common with leprosy. Are you telling me that maybe on their journey, boom, a nose is created and eyeballs are created? I can't say that dogmatically because we don't know what the state of their condition was. But all I know is that 10 lepers asked for mercy and 10 lepers got healed on the journey, whatever state or condition they were in. Now, don't tell me Jesus can't give new eyeballs because I've read the Gospels he spit in mud and rubbed it in some dude's eye sockets and he made new eyeballs for him, right? He's done, he's, he's done that. So it's not past them to do that or anything like that. But that's not the point. The point is they went. You want healing? Well, what are you waiting around for? Sometimes that's our problem. Lord, I'm not moving until you heal me. until you fix this problem. And maybe he said, well, why don't you go? Maybe the healing will come on the journey. Maybe the solution to whatever problem you find yourself in will come after the first step of obedience, because obedience is absolutely key in the Christian life. Absolutely key. We think we deserve everything It's like God's on demand, right? Like he's like a fast food chain where it's like, I pull up, I order what I want, you give me what I want, and I get on my way. That's not how Christianity works. And it's a sad state that the American church has kind of developed it into that. Because that's not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is like, Lord, I'm wretched. I don't deserve anything. I am a leper. I am a leper. Spiritually, I'm a leper. I don't deserve, I don't even deserve you to stop and talk to me. But you have. And so, Lord, what do you want? I I just, Lord, I need mercy. I need grace. And he says, yeah, I know. Let's get up. Let's go on a journey together. You trust me? Take the first step. Take the first step. Now I'm just going to sit here until you deliver for me what I need. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let's get moving. You could, you could go on a journey to, to go visit the priest. We don't even know if these guys even made it. We know for sure one didn't. I don't know what happened to the other nine. But we know on the journey, their obedience well, is what was key to the whole thing. They actually listened to Jesus and they obeyed him. Here's the thing. Verse 15, one of them, okay, just one guy. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, shouting. Remember, these guys are accustomed to shouting. But what are they accustomed to shouting? Unclean. Unclean. They shout that all the time. Now he goes back and he's shouting a new phrase. Isn't it amazing, this transformation that kind of happens within this guy's life? He's walking along the road with the other nine. And he's like, oh man, where'd the bumps go? Like, my face feels normal. Like, I can feel stuff again. Like, you look normal and you look normal. Like, holy cow. And they're probably like hugging each other, celebrating. This is the coolest thing. And the other nine are like, all right, cool. We're going to go see the priest. He's like, I'm not going to the priest. I'm going back to the guy who healed us. Maybe he was like, come with me. And they're like, no, no, no. We, we're going to, no, maybe, we, you know what? We've been away from our families for so long. I'm going to make a beeline to my family. I'm going to make a direct route to my wife. And this guy's like, no, no, no. I'm getting back to that guy who made this happen. Smartest move. Smartest move for him. Smartest move for you. And smartest move for myself. The Lord does something miraculous within your life. The smartest move you can make is a beeline directly back to Jesus. But what about my family? No, no, your family will be grateful and will be beneficial by your spending time with Jesus, okay? Go to him first. Visit him first. This guy goes back shouting. He's shouting out the praises to, to Jesus. He says, praise God. And he fell to the ground. That's that, that's that word for, um, for worship. He fell to the ground. at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And the, the Bible lets us know, Luke lets us know, this man was a Samaritan. So what were the other nine? Probably Jews. They could have been some other Samaritans. We don't know 100%, but we do know that the one who was least expected to go back to Jesus is the one is the only one who went back to Jesus. The one who seemed least qualified to go back to Jesus was the only one who went to Jesus. That should be comforting for you and for myself. The ones who are least, the one who seemed to be, if you were to survey the religious world at that point in time, the one who least deserved it, went back to Jesus. Saw these healed, went back to Jesus. This man was a Samaritan. This is from Charles Spurgeon. It says, all 10 were willing to do a religious ceremony by going to the priest. That is, that is to go to the priest. Only one was filled with true praise and thanksgiving. External religious exercises are easy enough and common enough. But the internal matter, the drawing out of the heart in thankful love, how scarce a thing it is. Nine obey the ritual where only one praises the Lord. Doing the religious stuff is easy. That's easy. But being brave enough to go back to Jesus and to worship him as Lord, not many do that. David Guzik says, we can always find reason for gratitude before God. Matthew Henry, a famous Bible commentator, uh, was robbed of his wallet once. He wrote this in his diary that, uh, the night that all the th- of all the things he was thankful about. First, that he had never been robbed before, right? That he's writing in his diary, is like, well, I've never been robbed before, so praise God for that. Um, Second, though they took his wallet, they did not take his life. Third, because even though they took it all, it wasn't very much. And finally, because he was the one who was robbed and not the one who did the robbing. We all have something to be grateful for. We all have something to return back to Jesus and to fall at his feet and say, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus, so much for, for stopping on the, the side of the road as you were passing through my town. Thank you so much for, for displaying the ultimate act of mercy for me. And not only mercy, but thank you so much for displaying the ultimate act of grace. Thank you, Jesus, for stopping and talking with me, a wretched sinner, a wretched person. I don't know about you guys, if you, but if you remember that, that day, that moment when you got saved, like how, how amazing was that just to be able to fall at his feet? You know who you were. You know your past and all that good stuff. Maybe you didn't have much of a past. That's fine. But here's the reality. You were born a sinner. You were born as, as an enemy of God. And in that moment, whenever that was for you, where, where it clicked, you just fell at his feet thanking him thank you, Jesus, for showing up. We all have so much to be thankful for. And like this, like, I mean, all 10 of these lepers had something to be thankful for, but only one went back. And my encouragement for you, for myself, always be the one who goes back. Always be the one who goes back to Jesus and thanks him. Let that be an attitude of your heart. Just uh, um, not, not out of obligation, but out of just Man, it's an overflow of your heart. You wake up in the morning. No, this is not natural, right? I know this isn't natural because I rarely ever experience this, right? But you don't wake up and you're like, oh, Jesus, thank you so much, right? This is not normally. Maybe you do, and praise God. You're you're miles ahead of me, okay? Miles ahead of me. But I will say this. As I've been reading through Psalm 119, taking my time, going, you know, letter, uh, Hebrew alphabet, you know, letter, letter by letter, kind of a deal. And just reading through that and, and writing down a little verse and, you know, memory verse and all that good stuff. Uh, there was one day, it's sad, it's one day. It was one day. Um, it, listen, I'm gonna be real with you guys, okay? But there was one day um, where I woke up and the first thing I did was like, Jesus, thank you so much. It was literally the first thing out of my mouth. I don't know where it came from. That doesn't happen often. Usually I'm like, ugh, what time is it? Like, why? Why, God? Like, what, just one more hour. Come on. You know, that's usually my, my mode. But, um, but there was that one day, and it was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Like, literally. I was like, thank you, Jesus, so much. And I tell you what, man, that framed the rest of my day. I just, and I, I don't know what it was, but I was just like, man, I feel good. I feel good. Thank you, Lord. And the whole day, just like, and I think it was, you know, in one sense, you know, the Lord just showing me like, hey, look, you know, this could be happening on a more regular basis. Um, we're working on that. I'm working on that. You're like, you're a pastor. Shouldn't you have this figured out? I don't. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't. Um, but I am trying, but I am on the journey. And I think we're all on the same journey together. All right. I'm still figuring this stuff out too. I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. It's like 20 years. No, longer than that. 22 years. I forget how old I am. 22 years. Man, I don't, I don't have it down. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still praying, Lord, give me a thankful heart. Please help me. Give me a thankful heart. Lord, show me mercy. <laughs> mercy. And His mercies are new every morning. So, Jesus addresses this guy, he says, you know, weren't there nine of you? Um, you know, verse 17, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner, this, this Samaritan? Um, and Jesus said to that man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Now there's more to that little phrase than, than the surface of what we see. Um, yet his faith in what Jesus said, in Jesus' command to go see, show himself to the priest, that, that healed him. He took a step of faith. They, they identified, okay, he, he's telling me to do this, so I'm taking a step of faith, and in that obedience came the healing. But Jesus is also talking about the healing within his heart. What the other nine missed out on, this guy got. They got the physical healing, He got the physical and spiritual healing. Jesus can show up and he can can heal anybody he wants to heal. Saved or not saved, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The rain falls on the just and the righteous all at the same time. But it's those who understand who's giving the rain get like a double blessing, so to speak. This guy ran back to Jesus was praising him for healing him. And Jesus says, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And not just physically, but also spiritually. Meaning Jesus saw something happen within this guy's heart that there was a transformation that had happened. More than likely, this Samaritan would go on back to Samaria as a believer, as a representative of Jesus saying, look, you guys know my story. That's a beautiful thing about leprosy. There's no denying it. Everybody knew he could even show himself to the priest and show himself to whatever family he may have had. They knew who he was before. And he comes back literally a changed man. What a great testimony to be able to go back home and say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? You knew who I was when I got kicked out of this community. You knew who I was when I got to run away. You, knew, you know my story, Let me tell you about the one who changed everything for me. And his name is Jesus. Spurgeon also says this last little quote. Lastly, if we work for Jesus, this is my encouragement for you. Okay? Because here's the other thing. Before I read this, here's the other side of this. What if you're working with lepers? Quote, unquote. What if you're serving in the ministry? And you know the drill. You know how it goes. You can give your life to people. And pour your life into people, and pour your life into people. And you will more than likely experience what Jesus experienced. Ten may leave, and probably only one will come back and say, Hey, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That discourages people within the ministry, those who are serving. That can be a discouragement, but don't be discouraged. It happened to Jesus. You think you're going to bat a thousand? Like all 10 are going to come back to you. This, this was Jesus, okay? I think what he, what he modeled for us too in serving is that it's not about the thank yous. Because if you're, if you're banking on the, the praise and the thank yous, you're going to be disappointed. But it's not about that. This is what Spurgeon is addressing. He says, lastly, if we work for Jesus and we see converts and they do not turn out as we expected, do not let us be cast down about it. If others do not praise our Lord, let us be sorrowful, but let us not be disappointed. The Savior had to say, where are the nine? Ten lepers were healed, but only one praised him. We have many converts who did not join the church. We have numbers of persons converted who did not come forward to baptism or to the Lord's supper. Numbers get a blessing, but do not feel loved enough to own it. So listen, if, if you're in the ministry and you're serving and if the thank yous and all, if it's not coming, it's okay. It's okay. Do it for the one. Do it for the one. Give yourself to the 10, but do it for the one. Let that one, whoever that one is, who comes back and says, look, if it wasn't for you, man, I don't think, I don't, I don't know where I'd be go for that one. Don't keep tabs of all the ones and all the stuff. Listen, you just stay focused on Jesus. Actually, technically, we should just be doing all the for him. An audience of one, and that's Jesus. And if somebody comes back and says, hey, look, thank you so much, you just say, praise God. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm glad he just used me within your life. But it can get discouraging. It can get disappointing and all that stuff. And I would encourage you guys to, uh, to not be discouraged if you're serving and you find yourself within that capacity. And you're like, man, I just keep giving myself. And I keep doing all this stuff. And I just don't feel appreciated. Can I tell you, you are appreciated? And the Lord sees you. He sees you. So Jesus tells this guy, the last, that last thing, we already covered this, but stand up. Go, your, fi- your faith has healed you. David Guzik said, when Jesus said this, he likely meant God's work within the man's heart, was addressing the work within the man's heart. The other lepers had whole bodies, but still had sick hearts. Okay, so just, I love this little story. It, it may seem like an odd one for Thanksgiving week, right? You're like, lepers, like, I don't want to talk about leprosy at Thanksgiving week. Like, that's the last thing I want to be thinking about. No, but you have so much, so much to be thankful for because the reality of that story is we're not Jesus in the story. We're the lepers in the story. That's who we are. Now, which, one, which group do you fall into? Are you part of the nine or are you part of the one? That's on you. That's your choice. But you can go into a Thanksgiving week and the smartest move you'll make is this. Run back to Jesus, fall at his feet and say, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for stopping on the road for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me from this. Thank you for delivering me from that. Thank you so much for this blessing and this answered prayer here and there and all that stuff. You have so much to be thankful for. And I would encourage you this, if I can give you a homework lesson, so to speak, right? Um, you're like, I'm not in school. I don't do homework. That's fine. Um, I was in school and I never did homework. So I get it, right? Um, I understand that. But uh, listen, here's what you do. This week, Thanksgiving's fresh on our hearts and all that good stuff. Take a piece of paper, take a journal, a little notebook, start writing out all the things that you're thankful for. The people you're thankful for the ones who have invested within your life, the ones who have who've loved you and just been there for you, the ones that you're pouring your life into, the ones that you're ministering to, write their names down. Also, write, write down whatever blessings God has given you. You, you. you have a job? Hey, praise God for that. Write that down. Thank you for this job. Thank you for food. Thank you for family. You might need to write that one down twice, okay? I don't know what your family situation's like, but like, no, yeah, Lord, I don't want, yes, thank you for family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for never giving up on me. We have so much to be grateful for. And I think if we start writing these things down, man, it it just takes it to another level. It takes it to another level. So let's be diligent about that. Uh, That's my charge, my challenge for you guys. Get a piece of paper, put it in your Bible or little notebook, stick it next to your Bible, read your Bibles, read it in your Bibles, please. Pray and write down, Lord, here's what I'm thankful for. And you could even, I would say, give him your fears too. Lay those at his feet. Lord, I'm afraid about this. Lord, I'm worried about this. Lord, I don't know about this. That's all an act of worship and you're laying it at his feet saying, but I, I may be afraid of these things, but I am grateful for these things. You have to do both together. You need to do both together because that's healthy for your brain, okay? So there you go. And enjoy Thanksgiving. So much to be grateful for. So much beyond fried turkey. Oh, that's so good, right? Fried turkey. Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay. Um, you're missing out, but that's cool. Uh, I'll be the one to go back and praise Jesus for some fried turkey. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you should try it, though. It's amazing. Um, so much to be grateful for, and let's make sure that we're giving credit, you know, back, give, give credit back to, to who's deserving of it, and that's Jesus.
2: Go, go, go.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. If you enjoyed today's teaching, you can hear it again or other teachings like it from Pastor James on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the teachings tab. There you'll find a variety of verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings. Did you know that you were never meant to do life alone? As believers in Jesus, we're called to gather together so that we can pray, encourage, and help one another through life. This is what we believe at Bread for the Broken. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you come visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. We're a laid-back church, and we encourage you to simply come as you are. You can get directions to our church and more information at breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you, too, so drop us a note in the contact form to let us know how we can be praying for you. Our website, one more time, is breadforthebroken.com. Before our time with you is over for the day, we want to ask you a question. Would you partner with us here at Bread for the Broken in prayer? Bread for the Broken is a ministry, and in a way, a mission field. Would you pray for Pastor James and the team that puts Bread for the Broken together? Pray that we would all keep our eyes focused on our Savior and be willing to follow Him no matter where He leads. Thanks for praying, and we hope you'll join us again for our next edition of Bread for the Broken.
2: Let me paint the picture of you